Hi everybody, welcome back to Pagan's Witchy Corner. I am joined by a wonderful guest. You have heard her voice already once on the show, and that is Laurel Woodward. She is the author of Backyard Garden Witchery and Kitchen Witchery. Laurel, welcome back to the show, and I hope you had such a fun holiday. I, I had a lovely holiday, and, and thanks for having me. It's so nice to be back. I'm so glad you could be here. Before we started recording, we were talking about homesteading adventures with pumpkins, and I knew that you guys would absolutely love hearing all about this. Now, you were saying that you grew, they were Amish pumpkins, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I grew three kinds this year, New England uh, jack-o'-lanterns and uh, an Amish pie pumpkin um, that doesn't look very much like a jack-o'-lantern type pumpkin. It mm -hmm. looks more like a gourd, um, and uh, it produced... Anywhere from um, like basketball size to ginormous uh, watermelon size um, pumpkins. And it, it's my favorite pumpkin. I've, I've saved seeds from it, so I'm going to plant it again. Oh, that's so uh, fun. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it was my favorite thing. I remember you telling me that you uh, loved the brandy wine tomatoes was your favorite. Yeah, the brandy wines. My brandy wines didn't do as well as I wanted them to this year because it was so hot and dry, which is mm -hmm. very uncommon for Tennessee. Tennessee usually has really hot and humid summers, but mm -hmm. this was really hot and dry. So my soil wasn't prepared for it. My plants weren't prepared for it. Heck, I even wasn't prepared for how hot and dry mm -hmm. it was. And so... All my stuff didn't produce until October. Oh, yeah. Mine had a really late season, too. Yeah, it was such a weird growing season. It was that way for everybody. Everybody that I talked to that had gardens all had really late growing seasons. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't get as many tomatoes. I was hoping to grow a lot for pasta sauces, and it just mm -hmm. didn't happen. My cherry tomatoes did fantastic. I got lots mm -hmm. of them. But... All my big sized tomatoes, my heirlooms, my brainy ones, and um, I had uh, some romas as well, and none of them produced very well. So mm. my my romas did really well. Um, but you inspired me, and I ordered brandy wine seeds for this coming spring. Oh, and good! I'm, I'm really excited about them. I'm excited for you. I think that that you're gonna really enjoy them, and the brandy ones were probably some of the the ones that we did get were probably some of the best tasting tomatoes I've ever mm. tasted in my life. They were so sweet and so savory and just a wonderful tomato. So I absolutely highly recommend brandy wines yeah. if anybody wants to grow those. That was so, so awesome. Um, one, one, of my, one of my favorite summer breakfasts is just a piece of toast with mayonnaise and tomato slices. Oh, I used um, to make those simple, as sandwiches. So I love those. <laughs> and so tasty. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. I love those. And I know that that's kind of weird for a lot of people, but I, you know, I grew up with those. And um, mm -hmm. if you want to get really fancy, you put some bacon on it. Yeah. 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 Or, or use a waffle instead of bread. Yeah, that works too. That yeah. definitely works. So what was, uh, you said that you made a bunch of pies with your pumpkins for Thanksgiving. Now those pumpkins, are they sweet or are they um, just uh, kind of more of like a, salt, a milder pumpkin? Well, they're, they're like a mild sweetness. Um, uh, they're, they'd be great in any savory dish too. Um, they, I should have made a ravioli with them, but, um, Ooh, that would have been delicious. Yeah, it would have, or if, even just in a fettuccine with a sauce. Um, but, uh, I, I've gotten so carried away with baking already that I've just been baking and baking right now. I have a meatloaf in the oven <laughs> for lunch. <laughs> it's just the 
season though, you know, it is. you just start and it's, it's hard to stop. It really is. And uh, we grew one of our pumpkins. I, I grew the little um, pie pumpkins. I don't even remember mm-hmm. the specific brand, but it was a mm-hmm. pie pumpkin. And uh, my first one gave me a only one pumpkin that was about the size of an apple. Mm-hmm. And I, it was my first year ever growing pumpkins. But my other one, all season long, it was just giving me male flowers. All season. I was oh. like, what are you doing? Are you going to give me anything? And I was getting, I was cutting down my corn stalks um, that had already died off. And my daughter lifted up one of the leaves of the pumpkin because it was still doing well. And she was like, we have a pumpkin here. And she's like, it's like a normal size pumpkin. (laughs) And it was just, it's just snuck itself under the leaves and nobody saw it until she lifted up those leaves. And it turned out so great. We turned, we made a uh, pumpkin pie with it for Thanksgiving. And Mm. I can't go back to canned pumpkin now. (laughs) Me neither. neither. I I love, pumpkins are so rewarding to grow. And Mm -hmm. every year that happens to me too. I I will find mystery pumpkins just nestled in the grass that I didn't know it was, you know, I didn't know it was there. I absolutely love it. And I think that um, next year I want to grow some of the bigger blue pumpkins um, oh right and because they look so fun anyway and they're so pretty mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but i know that they make beautiful savory dishes and i've seen some people bake with them too but mm-hmm. i know they make beautiful savory dishes and i'm like you know what i i just want to grow them that that's going to be my experiment next year is growing a lot more pumpkins oh you know every year i pick, squash too every year i pick an experiment too uh it's something new to try to see mm-hmm. how it does and sometimes they they are stars and then sometimes they're just you know, they just studs. But. Yeah, that was my zucchini this year. My zucchini um was one of my experiments this year, and I got one itty bitty teeny tiny zucchini, and that was it. Oh, and the rest of them got vine borers, and they all died. Oh, and so I was like, in it, and you know, I did everything I was supposed to do to keep from the vine borers, mm-hmm. and even tried to prevent them from doing it. And it just didn't work. So, hmm. but they didn't go after my butternut squash, which was strange. They went after all my other squashes except the butternut. So I don't know well, what the difference is. Um, some varieties will be, uh, um, uh, what's it called when they don't get the, they'll be resistant oh, to yeah. insects mm-hmm. and things in your area. I, I try to, I get a lot of my seeds from local, from um, the, ter- from territorial seed because it's, it's here and they try to, you know, furnish a lot of things that are resistant. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you come up with a few like that, it's, it's so much easier because then you don't have to battle the molds and the funguses and the, and the insects. I think but I remember the first this, coming year. Here too, this year as well. Um, cause you know, December is the time when most gardeners actually start their garden planning because mm-hmm. you got to put your seeds out and get them started in January, at least here, because we have a long growing season. Mm-hmm. So by the time February rolls around, I've already got stuff outside. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. You're so lucky. I can't start until March. Oh, um, yeah. but, but even that's fine. I mean, I, I, I still plan. I, I, you know, figure out what I'm going to do and then order my seeds and mm-hmm. think about where I'm going to put them. And Oh, the seed catalogs are my bane when they start coming. We just got one this yeah. last week and my daughter's like, look at this, look at this. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to grow the specialty stuff because some of mm-hmm. my specialty stuff didn't do well last year. So I'm like, do I want to buy the seeds for it? And then she's like, look at these carrots. They're as tall as I am. And I'm like, I don't have the ground space to grow those. Honey. Yeah. 
early that I think those would be a little hard to harvest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but as Yule comes up, and you already said that you're baking and doing a lot of cooking, what mm -hmm. are some of your go-to Yule dishes that you like to bake this time of year? Oh, well, there, there are so many. Um, every, every year, every year, just because, just for tradition, we do Christmas cookies and a Yule log. Um, just because it's tradition, mm -hmm. but I often try to find a new recipe to work in. Oh, we always, I also always do an apple crisp, um, mm -hmm. and, uh, usually some sort of pear, um, either a tart or a pie or a cake. Um, I, I love, I love cooking with fruits. Um, mm -hmm. oh, and, um, at Thanksgiving, my big experiment was quince this year and I had so much fun. Now, what is quince? I, you, we spoke a little bit about that prior to our um, conversation being recorded, but what is quince? I don't know if I'm familiar with them. Well, it's a, a it's a fruit that grows on a tree. It's in the rose family, like a oh, okay. pear and an apple. It's a it's a hard fruit that gets a fuzz on it, and you don't eat it raw because it's tastes astringent and it's hard and doesn't feel good in your mouth. Mm -hmm. But when you cook it, it turns this lovely like um, ruby red grapefruit color and becomes soft and sweet with tang. Um, huh. okay. And you can make, you can make, uh, I, I, I poached them and then I roasted them and they were both turned out great. When I poached them, I made a syrup and I could put like a cup of the fruit and syrup into cakes and, and muffins. Oh, wow. And oh my gosh, it was amazing. Or you could bake them and then serve them with a the cheese and crackers or bread and, and, um, or make a jam out of them. Um, it was, it was really, I have, a, I have one little quince tree. Um, and this year it had like a two dozen fruit. Mm -hmm. So it, it was just fun to figure out how to use it. That is always fun, especially when you get a really good harvest off of yeah. a <laughs> bush or tree. I have a lot of wild blackberries. The downside mm -hmm. is um, the birds get to them before I can harvest any of them. Mm. and which i don't really mind because you know i know the birds gotta eat and all that stuff mm -hmm. so and the interesting thing is uh we built this really old greenhouse that uh the way that we built it it should have actually had the plastic um the actual like hard plastic sheetings over it, like the um mm -hmm. similar to like the tin roofs except they're plastic um uh -huh. we should have put those on it but we actually used weather plastic instead and that was supposed to last like, you know, for winds for Alaska. It didn't last one winter in Tennessee, so it got completely destroyed. The frame was still good. Wow. And I was like, you know, I don't know if I really like where it's at and what I'm going to do with it. And so I had planted a wild blackberry bush that I got from the woods right in front of it. And by the next spring, it took over the entire greenhouse. Wow. Yeah. And so I'm like, well... I'm just going to leave that as is. That is now belongs to the blackberries. <laughs> and the interesting thing is there's so many little critters and we mm -hmm. have a groundhog and some foxes. And oh, a lot I of love birds groundhogs and foxes. And all these little cre creatures that live in there. And I'm like, I'm not going to cut this down because you guys have made yeah. this your home. And I know those blackberries also feed you. So, and it keeps you out of my garden. You guys don't come eat right. my stuff because you have right. your own food supply. So I'm like, I'm just going to let you guys have that. I would love to harvest Aww. them. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm not going to take your food away because that's yeah. yours. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I love creating habitat for critters too. Um, I trimmed a whole bunch of our fruit trees and uh, made a big brush pile that I was going to burn as soon mm -hmm. as the weather turned wet. But the same thing, a blackberry grew over it. And then I noticed that a skunk and two uh, um, possums had oh. moved in. And uh, so, yeah, either either they're going to live there or they're going to move into my garage. So I figured <laughs> they could have that area. Well, hopefully the skunks don't move in your garage. That would not be very much fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I have a camera and I leave out a, a thing of dog food every night for mm -hmm. them. Um, because I love watching them. And right now I have two possums, two skunks, and two raccoons that come every night. <laughs> um, and uh, when it snows, I can see where their little footprints go. Mm -hmm. um, and it looks like the raccoons are wintering up in the barn. Oh, that's and, interesting. Uh, and the um, skunks and the possum are in the woodpile. <laughs> I think that that's so much fun. We have a lot of raccoons here too. And uh, this summer we noticed that we have a porcupine that lives in the woods now. Oh, and we have porcupines here, but I've never seen one. Yeah, we saw it just walking through the woods and I'm like, I've never seen that before. Mm. I'm like, I wonder where it came from because porcupines aren't really um, native to our area. So he mm. had to have moved in from somewhere. Um, well, you, you know, they, they eat pine needles. So you'll probably find them up in pines. That's interesting because we don't have pines here. Hmm, I we wonder have a what lot of doing. hickory and oak and um, some uh, walnut and hmm. so we have some cedar, but we don't have pine. So that's interesting. Yeah, that, that is interesting. I don't know. Maybe he's eating all the, the walnuts because there's a lot of black walnuts and hickory nuts hmm. that are back there. So, um, but yeah, that's really interesting. I Like I said, I have no idea where he came from. And I'm sure he probably got moved out of the woods. We There was a lot of woods that used to surround our farm, mm. uh, but a lot of developers have bought up those woods and oh. built subdivisions. So oh, all the deer so and the turkey and everything have moved onto our property, oh. which I don't mind because they're cute and I like yeah. watching them. Uh, but, you know, we kind of have this like wild animal sanctuary that we're <laughs> not really running, but kind of running because mm -hmm. they all moved in. And uh, yeah, we have a lot of deer and we have a lot of coyotes this year. A oh, lot. We do too. And we do too. I love listening to them at night. They were really close to my house a couple of weeks ago. I mm -hmm. let one of my dogs outside and she's a Chihuahua Dachshund. Oh, and so I heard them howling and I grew up in New Mexico and I was used to them being that loud, but not here. And I was mm -hmm. like, huh, they're really close to the house. I'm like, Hershey, you need to come in the house, honey. They're going to eat you. Yeah. And she's, yeah. of course, barking at them like she's going to eat them. And I'm like, oh, no, no, honey, they will eat you. <laughs> come on. Yes, <laughs> oh but yeah she she thinks she can take on anybody and mm -hmm. including that we had this big buck that walked um through my backyard uh, a couple weeks ago and she was out there barking at him and he kind of looks over at her like i'll just turn you into a shish kebab <laughs> uh, no we're, i'm gonna ignore you and just keep on doing my thing he, he was totally unfazed by her and she thought she was so ferocious it is funny how chihuahuas are so ferocious. <laughs> I think it's like they have a small dog complex or something yes. like that. <laughs> I think they're lions. <laughs> yeah, they do. They're so funny. 
Oh my goodness. Uh, but yeah, as far as our Yule stuff, we're so excited because we got cookies that we're planning on baking. Mm. Um, my daughter loves uh, my oatmeal chocolate chip cookies that I make. Oh, that sounds delicious. And they are so delicious. And the interesting thing is, you know, I know a lot of people don't like cinnamon with chocolate, um, but the cinnamon and the oatmeal and the chocolate just make the cookie. It's mm. without the cinnamon, it's just not the same. So Cinnamon? Cinnamon's one of my go-to spices mm -hmm. because it's just so holiday and it makes the house just smell so lovely with yes. its fragrance. Yes, that and the, there's something about cinnamon and vanilla and when something's baking that just, mm -hmm. it makes the house just absolutely perfect. I love it. Yes, it, it does. So do you and your family have any fun Yule traditions that you would like to share with everybody? Well, we, uh, yesterday we made, a, we, we went out and we cut out a whole bunch of, um, limbs off the fir trees and mm -hmm. uh, we're making wreaths with them right now um the sad I love crafting but the sad thing is is most of my crafts turn out looking like a second graders project <laughs> but I, I still keep trying I still keep doing it so we we do garlands and we do wreaths with those and um put up lots of lights um we have a fire pit and we have little fires and roast marshmallows and have cocoa outside when it's not raining mm -hmm. you know it, it hasn't been that, that rainy this November or December, which is really strange for I up think here. We got all your rain. It's, we're supposed to get 10 days worth of rain. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> uh, we, we, we just had like a solid week of fantastic weather. Yep. Um, we must have traded weather before then. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we, uh, but yeah, we do have a few. Um, one thing I, I love to do on the uh, liminal days is make a pot of um, either black eyed peas or black eyed pea white bean soup. And I make a big pot so anyone that comes by can have a bowl. And I love that good luck tradition of, uh, of, of just ushering luck into the new year. Um, that was something my dad always used to do and I kind of adopted it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we we do something kind of similar to that, except um, we kind of promote more healing going forward, especially as you mm. know the the holidays because the holidays are so draining on everybody. Oh yes, um, they are. So I end up making a lot of um, like really comfort soups, so like mm. chicken and gnocchi soup and mm. um, roasted garlic and potato soup and stuff like that. Yeah, it really kind of sticks to your bones, especially when it's cold. And mm -hmm. it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm putting turmeric in it and I'm putting, you know, lots of thyme and uh, yes. um, rosemary and all these things that are really good for the immune system. And so I'm mm -hmm. like, we, lots of garlic. Yes. Lots of good. We, we are one of those people that it, depending on how much garlic we put in, people ask if we're okay. Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, we love our garlic, especially when it's roasted. I will roast four or five heads and put them in, you know, a yeah. recipe, which I know. Some I, people I love out there roasted are like, garlic. Oh my too. gosh, that's too much. No, it's, it's not, but that's okay. If your ancestors yeah. tell you that's too much, that's fine. Mine tell mm -hmm. me that's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I had leeks this year and I still have leeks that I'm using. And yesterday I made a, uh, a chicken leek soup. Oh, and, I bet that's delicious. Oh, it, well, yeah, you know, I threw in carrots and potatoes and stuff mm -hmm. too, but it was delicious. And it, it, you're right. It has a very gentle nurturing energy that just is comforting and, and fueling, you know, it, it I, I love soups this time and chili. I do yes. a lot of chilies too. Yes. 
we do um chili is lots of soups um and lots of kind of like stews with pasta um mm-hmm. that you know really kind of stick to your bones kind of stuff yeah um my my husband always is requesting my chicken papakash and loves it because he's like it's so good and he's like i don't even know why it's so good and i'm like because i cooked it in the cast iron pot with magic that's why Uh, i'm like if i cooked it in a different pot i guarantee it would not taste the same he's like Mm. no and i'm like i'm not gonna risk it because it's delicious but i guarantee Mm. if i cooked it in a different pot it would not taste the same yeah i i know what you mean i have i have special cookware for certain things Mm -hmm. um so i know exactly what you mean yep and i it's something to me about you know maybe it's the whole um cauldrons of old being cast iron and stuff like that but uh, all of my cast iron dutch ovens and um and most of them are enameled because i don't actually like straight cast iron um but they're all cast iron and I even have cast iron skillets and all these things. Mm-hmm. And there's something about cooking in them that just really brings so much life into the food. Yeah. And I can't explain it. I just know that there's something magic about it. And there is. I don't and know what it also, is. <laughs> it's, it, it, well, I have my grandma's old cast iron pan. Um, mm-hmm. She left it to me when she died. Um, and I use it all the time. But the nice thing about it is you you season it every time you you cook with it you can if you're making a frittata or something i can start it on top of the stove and then i can stick the entire thing right in the oven Mm -hmm. um and it is it is fantastic um but i also have the dutch ovens that are cast iron that are enamel and i love that i absolutely love that um i started doing my sourdough in that because it it makes it uh gives it such a nice crunchy um outside yeah it really does I love making breads in them. Um, I also have the um, the glass bowls to make the the peasant breads, and those as well. And oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um. So you mix all of your dough in mm-hmm. a glass like Pyrex bowl. Obviously, it has to be oven safe. Um. Mm-hmm. So you do that, and you mix all of your dough and everything, and it's usually just like yeast and some honey and some vinegar and some water and flour, and mm. a couple of eggs. Mix it all together. And let it rise for about an hour and then you bake it for about an hour and it bakes it. Everything is in one bowl. So you don't have to mix it in all sorts of different stuff unless you want to. Um, Do you let it rise? Yeah, I let it rise for about an hour. Um, I will usually preheat the oven and then just stick it on the back of the stove with a um, tea towel Mm -hmm. over it and let it rise that way. And it puffs up beautifully. And of course, mine is gluten free because I can't have wheat. Um, Me too. And so, yeah, I do that and then I bake it. And the interesting thing is I have some stoneware ramekins and I actually did this, the same dough and put it in those ramekins and put them on a sheet pan and let them rise for about 45 minutes and then bake them. And the interesting thing is they didn't turn out similar to the bread where they had like a crusty outside that was kind of hard. Um, they mm-hmm. almost turned out like biscuits. Interesting. And the interesting thing is it's really hard to make good gluten-free biscuits unless yeah. you buy like a pre-mix kind of thing. Um, but they turned out so good. We actually made sausage gravy to go with it <laughs> and oh, nice. biscuits and gravy, which, uh, that's not what they were intended for. They were intended to be like small little loaves to go with my lentil soup. And my husband's like, 
I know you made soup, but can we have the soup tomorrow and make biscuits and gravy to go with these? Because that's the texture they have. And I was like, yeah, sure. That's fine. And they were so good. So, so mm. good. Uh, but yeah, I, I absolutely love baking that. And there's something about homemade bread this time of year. And I've also experimented with that same bread recipe and mixed like a butter and cinnamon sugar kind of thing and just kind of folded mm -hmm. it through the dough. And it makes almost like a cinnamon bread. And it's so good. So, mm. so good. I, I've been using the cup for cup. Um, oh, oh, it's in the blue package. I forget. I forget the name. But I've been really pleased with the results. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just called cup for cup. And I think it's a one that's called cup for cup. I don't remember. Oh, they just changed the packaging in the one that we use. But it's also a cup for cup one. Mm. Um, and I know I, we buy it at Walmart and you can get it on Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Too. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, uh, it used to be a like burgundy colored package mm. and then they changed it to a white and blue package. Uh, it's yes. the same flower, but yeah, it, I don't remember exactly the name of it. Cause you know, I just buy four or five bags, stick them in the freezer. And then when I need them, I pull them out and put them in my canister. I have been really happy with with the uh wait with the things that um the breads the mm -hmm. um quick breads especially um pancakes and biscuits yeah uh, it's yeah i've been really happy with the results of that we've been really having a good time with that too um we actually just made um banana pancakes um mm. and we used um we bought one of the new ninja like food blender system mm -hmm. things I, I have that and i love that thing like i i loved my old food processor and my old blender because they served me well for many years mm -hmm. but I, I don't know how I've lived without my ninja because it does everything in half the time and it does it so yeah. much better. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Also, this is not a shameless plug for ninja, just for the record. The, it, we're just talking about how great it is. Uh, it, but it, yeah. It is. It cleans up easy. I, I do. Mm -hmm. uh, I can make a lot of, I only have a ninja and a, a magic bullet. And um, yeah. I, I grind like all my own flowers mm -hmm. in those for oats and uh, corn, uh, not corn, uh, uh, oats and almond. Mm -hmm. Um if I need a walnut or anything, it, it just, uh, it's just easy and convenient and works perfect. It does work absolutely perfect. It's, it's such a great system. Um, we bought the one that had like the smoothie cup, the food processor and the blender in it. And it has been mm -hmm. just absolutely yeah. the best system. That's the one I have as well. Yeah. Oh, and, and buckwheat, you can do buckwheat super easy. In it. Oh, that's so interesting. Buckwheat's one of the ones that my, my body because i'm actually allergic to wheat um mm -hmm. and the properties within wheat buckwheat's one of those ones that depending on how it's processed my body can mm -hmm. handle it or it can't so it's very interesting with buckwheat and most of the time i just stay away from buckwheat because i i don't want to risk the mm. allergies that come with it um right. but yeah it most of the time we use rice flours um or mm -hmm. uh any sort of rice or almond flour kind of mixture and Me too. I, yeah. I, use that. I I can do buckwheat just fine, but I cannot do uh, rye or, and I I can't do quinoa, which mm -hmm. is annoying. Quinoa is um, very interesting. Um, it, it's one of those ones. I'm not a big quinoa fan normally, um, mm -hmm. because of the texture of it, mm -hmm. and but even the flour has kind of an interesting texture to it. Uh, but I've also started using chickpea flour. And oh, me too. Me I like too. chickpea flour. I, like I, I do too. I, I do as well. I, I like chickpea and I like um, 
um, corn, corn flour. Yes, corn flour is definitely good, especially for pasta. I, I find that mm -hmm. it holds up a lot better than um, just straight rice flour pasta. Uh, a lot of times for even like a pie crust, I'll just throw a half a cup in. And oh, it gives it a nice, uh, denser, uh, sturdier um, crust for like hand pies and things. Um, Have you tried um, growing your own corn to make your own corn flour before? You know, I do grow my own corn, but I've never made corn flour. Um, I, I have like uh, six ears drying right now. I'm trying to dry them to make my own seeds. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we have such problems with mold here. Right. That, yeah. Um, I, I, we just, I, I, I've been using the corn uh, fresh and making a uh, fried corn, um, you know, saute it with butter and uh, on the, on the stovetop mm -hmm. um, and roasting it. Um, of course, boiling it, yeah. boiled corn. but I mean, still good, still great with butter. Um, but no, I've never tried drying it and grinding it. There's a, a couple that I follow on TikTok and they grow all of their food and they hunt all their food and fish all their food. Like they're completely self-subsistent, mm -hmm. which I absolutely love. And they grow all of their corn and that is their grain. Mm -hmm. Um, and they grind it all up and they make like tortillas and chips and, um, breads and stuff with it. And I'm just, I'm like, I want to try that. Yeah. So bad. yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, well, I, you know, I don't have the patience for a lot of, and I know they have to grow a lot of it. So yeah, yeah. I, I am. I, I think you've inspired me to try that. I am doing a field of oats this spring. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know if it will end up being animal fodder or if I'll be able to use it. I'm hoping that's what I'm hoping for, but I don't know. It depends on how easy it is to harvest <laughs> and all that stuff, you know? Yes. I completely understand that one. Total experiment. Um, but it'll, it, you know, it's fun. And, and I found a great uh, bag of seeds that were not expensive. So oh, that's good. That's really yeah. good. I, I think that that's going to be really interesting. I, I enjoy um, hearing people's adventures when they do that kind of stuff. So I think that that's really cool. I don't have the patience to do that. Plus, we get um, natural oats that grow here anyway. Mm. And I could probably harvest them if I really wanted to. But I don't want to deal with the snakes out there. So I, I will just let them grow and have the deer eat them. That's fine. <laughs> I, I'm so lucky where we are. We, I have lots of garden snakes, but only garden snakes. We don't have any, um, poisonous type. Oh, that's lucky. Yeah. We yeah. Have, we have copperheads, unfortunately. Yeah. So I, I, do I, you have rattlesnakes? I, I know we have some rattlesnakes, but mm. I've never seen one. Um, oh. people have told me, yes, they are in the area. Um, but I have seen copperheads hmm. and that's enough. I don't need to see we, any others. <laughs> we, we just have, we just have little red racers and green racers and little garden snakes. They're, they're small and cute. And, and we sweet. have chicken snakes too. Um, really? Wow. Yeah. And which they're not poisonous. Um, you know, if they bite you, it'll hurt. Um, but mm. they're, they're more afraid of you than anything. I actually, I don't know if, um, we had spoken about that last time, but over the summer, we had one that shed its skin just outside of our house, and mm -hmm. there was a small tear in our um, storm door in the screen, and it came in through the screen into my house looking for food and was slithering up my wall. Oh, 
And this snake was probably about seven feet long. It was huge. Wow. Wow. Um, and so I'm like, my daughter, I had just finished doing um, a uh, kind of group online um, channeling session. And so I was kind of in that like still hazy psychic state and all that stuff. And I was gathering me some food to eat because I knew I need to ground and all that stuff. And she was like, hey, what's wrong with Angela's picture? And that's my sister-in-law. And huh. I'm like, what do you mean? And so I come around the corner thinking, oh, God, I've invited some crazy spirit into my house and it's attacking my pictures. <laughs> That's what, where my brain went. Huh? And I look at it and I'm like, what is on her picture? And then I saw it move. And I'm like, oh, huh? my God, that's a snake. <laughs> and so I go in, I call my father-in-law and I'm like, hey, there's a snake in the house. Could you <laughs> help with it, please? And because it had just shed its skin, we knew that it was going to be really hard if we needed to actually kill it. And hmm. so um, eventually we were like, okay, let's see if we can just scoop it up and get it out the door. No, it decided it was going to wrap itself up inside my couch. Oh, wow. And just refused. So we got it out from underneath the couch and eventually it just kept trying to go in other rooms in the house. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. As much as we're trying to get this thing to go outside, it, we're going to have to kill it because the dogs are trying to get to it. And I'm like, no, we're not going to have that fiasco. And so we ended up killing it, unfortunately. But yeah, it, it just refused to go back outside, mm -hmm. even though we tried for like half an hour to get it outside. And it was just a huge fiasco. But it was really kind of scary to have a snake just climbing up your wall. Oh, we we <laughs> had that when, when uh, I, th I think it was, uh, I think it was in June, the first of June, every night for a week, we'd have bats come in at night. Oh, wow. And I don't, I, I finally figured out we had put a new vent into the one of the bathrooms that we're remodeling mm -hmm. and it had a hole about the size of a tennis ball and oh. for some reason they were just coming in to check out the the area but yeah it, the first night it was a little bit spooky but then we got used to it and <laughs> figured out how to catch them and throw them back outside and I think I would rather take bats or birds in my house than snakes <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just really thankful it wasn't a copperhead and it was just a chicken right. snake. Um, but yeah, it, it was poor guy was just looking for food. And then I found his skin like two days later, just outside my fence. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, sorry, dude. I, I apologize to him. I'm like, I'm sorry. I tried, but you wouldn't leave. <laughs> so the cool thing is that there's so many fun adventures that happen on the homestead, you know, for everybody that homesteads, it's always a fun adventure, no matter how it turns out. Sometimes it's that a little nerve-wracking, so but other times it's really exciting. And mm -hmm. I really like this time of year because it's slower than the rest of the season because you got growing season animals and all mm -hmm. that other stuff. Yeah. Um, but December and a uh, little bit into January is always a really nice time that, you know, we get to slow down and, my daughter and I have decided that we didn't get to do it this year, but next year we want to do a book advent and uh, have our own advent calendar of books and do that because she's an avid reader. I'm an avid reader. And so we thought that that would be a really fun I, new tradition I love that to idea. start. I love that idea. I think that it's going to be really, really fun. Um, we bought her, gosh, I think like 17 books for Yule this year. Wow. She knows wow. about all of them, unfortunately, because the box <laughs> got destroyed and oh. a thunderstorm. It got left at my neighbor's house and they don't have a porch. 
And so I walked up to their house and it was sitting on the front porch. The box was just soaked to the bone, completely destroyed, falling apart. And I'm like, I hope I can get this thing home for starters. And all but five of the books were completely destroyed. Oh, that's terrible. And luckily the company was nice and they were going to replace everything. So, Mm. um, but yeah, so I had all these books stacked in front of our heater trying to dry them all out. And, you know, in case the company didn't replace them. And so she knew all the books that she was getting for Yule. And she's like, I don't care. She's like, if they dry, she's like, can I read them? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, if you want to, there's (laughs) new ones coming. And she goes, that's cool. I'll just reread them. I'm like... (laughs) All right, kiddo, whatever you want to do. <laughs> but yeah, we want to do a book advent next year. I think that that's going to be a really fun and exciting thing for her. That, that is nice. I'm, I'm in uh, central Washington and um, summer and winter are so different. Uh, summer, the sun comes up at like five in the morning and, you know, it, it goes to bed at like 9.20 or 9.40. Oh, wow. It's a long day. Yeah, it's a long day. And now the sun comes up, I think it's like 740 mm-hmm. and it's dark by five. Yeah. It's pitch black, pitch black. It's the sun starts saying like 430. Um, so it's, it really is a different time and it's cold and wet. So it's, instead of being outside, you're inside mm-hmm. um, and trying to create a nice, warm, comfy, cozy um, interior. When, when in summer, you know, you have the windows thrown open and you're outside working from, from daylight to sunset. And yes, it is a huge difference in lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and it's so interesting going from season to season because, you know, spring, you have that mad dash to get everything ready for the garden. Yeah. yeah. And then summer. And crossing your fingers that the soil is going to dry out so you can plant (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I did do a whole bunch of, of raised beds because last year it took so long. Mm-hmm. So this year I have raised beds and so I can get my tomatoes and peppers out even even if it's wet. I don't care. They're going out. <laughs> I think that, the you know, sometimes tomatoes and peppers actually prefer it to be like kind of wet. Um, mm-hmm. So, the, you know, my peppers kind of were like, eh, you know, I'll do whatever. I'll just grow. It's fine. And that's kind of what my peppers did this last year. My jalapenos love the hot and dry summer. Oh, um, mine too. They, I have to grow mine in a greenhouse. I don't have to grow mine in a greenhouse. Um, mine do really well, especially if they're sitting in the middle of my patio. Um, oh, nice. I put them in uh, grow bags. And so I'll just mm-hmm. put them in the middle of my patio where it gets the most sun. And they are just happy as clams. They were still producing in November. Wow. And then we got a really hard freeze in November and that's, that was the end of them. And so, but yeah, they produced all the way through November. It was um, like November 15th and I harvested the last of my jalapenos. I had a great, great season. (laughs) Yeah. I had a great, huge um, uh, season with uh, Problamos this year. Um, My Problamos were small, but they did well. Yeah. Mm. We got a lot of them, but they were little. Um, I couldn't get the long ones. Oh, and then next year I'm really excited because I'm f- from New Mexico, so we're mm-hmm. used to uh, hatch green chilies. Uh-huh. Um, I I was born in Albuquerque. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I was uh, I was born in Albuquerque and I was raised in Taos. So mm. yeah. Um, but yeah, the grocery store here got hatched green chilies, fresh ones. 
mm. um, in the grocery store. And I was walking through the grocery store and I saw Hatch on this bag. And I was like, no, those aren't Hatch green chilies. And so I'm like, actually, they are. So I mm. bought like nine bags of them, wow. took them home, processed them, and put them in my freezer. But I saved all the seeds from them. Yeah. So I'm yeah, I do to that grow too. <laughs> yeah, I did that too. And I've had really, really good luck. Yeah, we, we had some really good luck. We did that one year with peppers. And mm-hmm. um, the only downside was I bought, um, they had also a special on little sweet peppers. Mm-hmm. And these little sweet peppers, they were little like red peppers and they were gloriously beautiful. And so I bought a whole bunch of those and I was like, you know what, I'm going to dehydrate these and make my own paprika. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And I ended up with a whole jar of paprika. Uh, it took me like three days to dry all the bags of peppers out, but they were all seedless. Wow. And huh. so yeah. I'm like, I, I oh, out with the small ones too. Yeah. I, I was so bummed out because they were all seedless and I just wanted seeds out of one of them so I could at least try to grow them. But yeah. And my homemade paprika, I, it's another one of those things that when you make it from scratch, mm-hmm. you can't go back to store-bought. Oh, I'm going to have to try that. I have never tried to do paprika. Yeah, if it's the little sweet peppers, they look like jalapenos, but they're actually mm. the sweet peppers. And so um, to make about a, a eight ounce jar of paprika took me five one pound bags of them. Wow. And I just put them in my dehydrator, skins and all. And mm. then I would, once they were completely dry and, you, you know, obviously take them and they snap and mm-hmm. um, I put them in my spice grinder and I ground them up um, and I also added some uh, rice in there and ground that up for a anti-caking agent, which did right. not work because it's too humid oh, it here. Yeah. Um, so, but it, you know, it still worked out okay and I wasn't super mad. I just, you know, scrape it out with a, a fork to break it up. So I'm not super mad that it's, you know, all clumped together, but it is the best tasting paprika. Oh my goodness. It is so good. And it smells so vibrant. Like when you cut into a really beautiful red bell pepper, that's Mm -hmm. what it smells like. Mm. And it's so good. It is like one of the best things I've ever like dehydrated and made. Um, but yeah, we, we have so much cool stuff that we're looking forward to for next year. Um, we're actually getting ready to kind of start going through our seeds and starting our garden plan. Um, Mm -hmm. because as soon as January rolls around, the, the game begins again, because then I got to start prepping, you know, all my seedlings and everything else and, uh, getting all my winter stuff out or my early spring stuff, like my peas, um, which I have golden peas this year. I'm going to try growing those. Oh, nice. Um, I, I did Alaska peas and they did really well. Oh, nice. Okay. So I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be really great. And I, as much as I kind of dread the start of growing season, I always get super excited about halfway through and then I dread the end because I'm like, A, it's over. And B, I'm like, oh, I have to can everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like, what am I going to do with all this stuff? <laughs> and then you're eating it through the winter and then, you know, when you run out of like your homemade tomatoes or, or your homegrown tomatoes or homemade stuff and then you're just like, oh, now it's yeah. gone. Now I have to buy it. Or, or, or sometimes it's like, Yay! You've had too much. Um, I have so many bags of shredded zucchini in my freezer right now, but um, I'm I know I know exactly what you mean. I have a 
um, a, a hole that has pumpkins and butternut squash just lining it mm-hmm. for, for later use. Um, but I'm still growing uh, Swiss chard and kale and cabbage and leeks and scallions and parsnips and beets and carrots um, that I just pick when I want. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've made so many things with like Swiss chard and kale and kind of over it. Yeah, you know, one of the, my favorite things that I like to do with kale that I, I don't think I'll ever grow bored of because it's one of my, like, happy foods is mm-hmm. I make uh, potato and kale tacos. Oh, that sounds and delicious. And I have them for breakfast with some hot sauce mm-hmm. and some cheese. They're, mm-hmm. like, the best things in the world. You just saute up your potatoes like hash browns mm-hmm. and then saute up some kale um, with whatever seasonings you like on your kale, whatever it may be. Mine is um, onion powder, garlic powder, uh, some seasoned salt, and some paprika and black pepper. And then you saute it up till it's nice and soft and tender. Throw it in a flour or corn tortilla, whichever you prefer, and uh, put on some hot sauce and eat them. They're so good. Uh, does sound delicious. Yeah. I, I, I've been doing a, a lot of galettes with a, a, like a goat cheese and then a sauteed uh, onion and, and kale or, or um, Swiss chard. Now and, you have uh, goats, right? I do. I do have goats, do but you... my, goats, my goats are boys. Oh, I was about to say, did you um, make your own goat cheese? You know, I, I want to, but I haven't embraced the whole milking thing yet. <laughs> that's uh, fair. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I, I that's such a commitment. Um, it is a commitment. Yes, it so is. Right now, I just have some boys that are fixed and they just hang out with the sheep. They they were actually the, the first uh, animals I got were these two brothers and I, they were, they were just, uh, like they were two months old when we got them and they were still indoors with pajamas on. Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they're so sweet, but, uh, we just got them to help us. We have a lot of pastures and I needed help maintaining the pastures and they hardly did anything. So we got sheep and the sheep really do a great job Mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, eating down uh, all the grass and black. If you want goats to be like your goat lawnmowers, I know you need like 30 to 50 per acre, I think is what Yeah, and I just can't do that. I, you know, that's a lot of mouths to feed. It is. And you know, you got to trim their hooves and you, you, they, they need care. They also are very social. Mm -hmm. Um, They like spending time with you every day. Um, That's cute. And the goats, goats are so much easier than sheep. Um, the goats will sit down and just let you pet them and do their hooves just, and they'll just kind of go limp and just let you do whatever you want. The sheep, you have to wrangle, you have to tie them up, you have to put a knee in their side, you have to force them down and clip their hooves. And the whole thing is just this exhausting, traumatic event. But, you know, you have to do it like every two months. So do you um, shear your sheep as well? I don't do that. I have to hire somebody to do it because oh, it's just okay. too hard. Um, it's just too hard. I'd rather have somebody who would, you know, I don't want to nick them and just, That's you fair. know, I don't, That's I don't want to make fair. it more traumatic than it has to be. So just in the spring, they get, I have a shirt come over and he does them for me. Do you guys keep your wool or do you, uh, give it I, to I the haven't shirt? yet. Um, but my daughter-in-law asked for it because, uh, she's taking up a, she's taking up knitting and she wants to, um, she wants to experiment with it, so I'm going to give it to her next oh, spring. Oh, neat. You'll have yeah. to let me know how that goes. That's cool. I like yeah. that. That's very cool. 
Well, we are just about out of time. Do you have any new classes or events happening? Um, you know, obviously you just had your uh, Garden Witchcraft book come out this year. Do you have any other I, new books that are I on the do. horizon? I have uh, Wellness Witchery is coming out next year. It doesn't have a date. I just turned in the revision. Um, it, it does have a cover and it does have a title. Um, but it's for next year. And then the following year, I did all the recipes for the uh, Llewellyn um, Witches Date Book. And that was oh, nice. so much fun. That was so much fun. Um, I turned and I, I got all these recipes. I worked out the kinks. I turned them in. And then they turned them back to me and said, you know, we got to fit them in this little TV corner. So you need to, you know, cut everything up and compress it as much as you can. And that was quite challenging. But mm -hmm. but it I, it was, that was fun. I, I had a good time with that. Oh, that's super cool. I will definitely, I always buy the date book every year because, you know, I, I, I love do. it. Um, I'm so thrilled that they asked me to do it. And, um, I made them all seasonal. So that oh, was, that's gonna that be was a lot better. of fun too. Yeah. I love that. That is so awesome. And I cannot wait for your wellness witchery book because I love both of your other witchery books. Oh, um, so you. I'm so excited for the others. Uh, everybody out there who's listening to this wonderful homesteading um, Yule update, make sure you go buy Laurel's books. That is Kitchen Witchery and Backyard Garden Witchery. Those are both by Laurel Woodward. Laurel, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been oh, thank absolutely you so much delightful. for having me. And of course, as always, you are welcome to come back anytime and we can talk about your goats the whole time because goats are cute. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody, you guys stay safe and I will see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Mm -hmm.